BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good looking out, Frost. Don't let me be a part of this one. Hey, yo, what's good? This is Big Daddy Kane. Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D. Keep it locked. You're tuned into the library. The lies are buried with Tim Ionico. Independent hip-hop producer Frost Gamble has worked with Sadat X, J-Roll, Kooji Rap, King Crooked, Sky Zoo, Guilty Simpson, Young Bleed, and with Detroit award-winning rappers Zoe the Jerk. So the Jerk and Frost Gamble join me today in the library with Tim Ionico. Thank you guys for joining me. What's good? Thanks so much for having me on, Tim. It has begun, Alonzo the third, another one like the other one. Charisma class has some with a purple fun. I perform my number one out of Cross, you read your bio and it says, quote, in the eighties. You fell in love with hip hop culture, participating in break dancing, graph, beat digging, and emceeing. If you could quickly look, what did you love about each of those elements? Man, it's, it started, I mean, it started with uh, the breakdancing craze, right? That's like when it kind of came on my radar in the early 80s. And I'll, I'll be honest, like I was just a kid and it was like what well, was cool. So it wasn't, it wasn't any deeper than that at right. first. But I, I, I just, I felt drawn in. So I was listening to acts like the Fat Boys, UTFO, Houdini, all the stuff from that era. And I was just loving it. But I was also trying to listen to the stuff the other kids were listening to. You know, the Michael Jackson, the White Snake, the yeah, Madonna, right. whatever it was. But... By the late 80s, um, when, uh, you know, like 87, when, when Rakim was out and, and, and you know, uh, Juice Crew started coming out and, and lyricism just elevated, I just, I just became absorbed by it. And one thing we were talking about yesterday, the message is, is probably the most important song to me mm. because it just, it really, it really connected with me because my sister and I, we grew up poor and we, we didn't have much and we were very, um, you know, self-conscious and unhappy about that. So that song really resonated with me, but it was also um, the things they were talking about. They're talking about danger and, and, and things that I didn't have to worry about. Right. So it also made me appreciate my own situation more. So it was just, it was so much deeper and more meaningful than... Um, you know regular music and you know from there that's when i started you know trying to pen rhymes and studying what what other what you know the the legends of veterans had done started coming into the scene at that point in time there was a mix show in upstate new york where you could submit your material and i got mine on there and started getting my name out there and that's what you know led to being in ciphers and you know outside barbershops and on corners rhyming and and uh that's how i met tone shop who who i have you know been working with since and uh you know just just kept getting deeper and deeper uh into the culture. So how did you get to going from like local rap battles to producing? Mm. Like- well, it's really, uh, uh, it's my skill set or perhaps my lack of skill set. Like the thing with working with Chop, like he was just his, his flow and his cadence and his, um, his voice were just so, uh, well, better than mine. Like he just, he was just better than me. 
So, uh, you know, and meanwhile, I was like really enjoying, you know, learning to, how to dig for breaks. And I, I, DJ Spinner used to yeah. uh, live next door to me in Bampton. I used to stand over his shoulder and watch. There was this cat uh, from Brooklyn that was up as well. And I used to stand over his shoulder when he banged on the, on the MPC. And I just started soaking it up. And, you know, it starts with trying to make beats for yourself. Right. But then I started realizing I'm a little better at this than I am at that. And, and uh, that, that's how it started. Um, in the 90s, um, I was really tired of being poor. <laughs> and one of the biggest things hip-hop taught me is, like, like hip-hop from that era wasn't like your only choice is to be a rapper. Or right. It was like, it was go for yours. That was always the message of hip-hop, go for yours because I'm going to get mine. So I just took that mentality into, you know, I went into the corporate world. I got, went, you know, got to school, got a degree, slowly started getting my life together. And, um, you know, I was just making beats on the side. But... Um, kept getting better and more serious about it and just over time it started to build into something more serious and you know eventually a thing where it's you know become pretty substantial do you remember was there like that um i mean you talked about the message but was there like a one i guess one moment or one maybe event album lyric beat that you remember hearing that's like all right i want to do that like or or that's my goal this is what this is the beat i want to be able to make well, on, yeah, I mean, on the on like the music and culture side, it was really like uh, by all means necessary, and it um, um, uh, takes a nation to hold us back. KRS and Public Enemy albums, and I just the years that that, that came out, because '88, I, I just my God, I must listen to those albums a million times, and it really changed my worldview, and you know, really brought me in fully. Um, as far as the beat side, it was uh, Diamond D's Stun Splints and Hip Hop. That album absolutely blew my mind. And the way he would sample from so many different genres and um, you know, just fearless in what he would sample. And he was nice on the mic and he was doing it all. And I was like, I want to be like that guy. Right. It, was, it was Diamond D for sure. Uh, you know, you grew up in Binghamton, New York, and then you traveled around and you eventually ended up in Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, Canada. Um, what were, like, for you, when you first got to Winnipeg, what were kind of the the major differences and similarities in terms of the hip-hop scene um, in those two places? The hip-hop scene in, uh, in Winnipeg uh, is, is pretty cool, man. It's pretty, it's pretty supportive and healthy. It's a small market, an isolated market. You know? So if you're checking for Canadian hip-hop, people are generally checking for Toronto right. or Vancouver. Um, Winnipeg doesn't get paid a lot of attention, although there's been some artists that have you know, broken out and done some good things. Like this upcoming Saturday, when I get back home, there's a hip hop barbecue where the whole uh, scene is coming together to, you know, uh, roast pig and drink beer. So uh, it's good, man. I, I really enjoy it. And just gen- in Canada in general, I love it. Um, you know, not to pile on in the States, but it, it, it's a good time to be in Canada right now <laughs> as, as an, as an ex- expatriate American. Yeah, I, I just, I'm really happy there, man. And you, so you've worked with obviously a lot of people, you, you're living in Canada. And then, so how do you how do you link up with a Detroit MC? Uh, yeah, yeah. the jerk. Hip hop. How, how does that work? Hip hop. <laughs> he uh, he was uh, back in 2014. Uh, I'd released my first uh, compilation album. Really, when all this stuff was setting off, he had uh, just released an album as well called "Live the Reality Show," and he was hosting a podcast. And uh, we had a mutual publicist, uh, and we didn't realize at the time it was kind of a setup because she thought <laughs> she thought we would get along well together and work well together. Uh, well, she booked me. Uh, I think I was the first guest on the show, and uh, we chopped it up. And just you know, immediately we knew we had so much in common. And the more we got to know each other, we realized how similar a lot of our we call each other twins. Like we have a lot of similar characteristics and uh, outlooks. And um, 
yeah, we set it off right away within probably the first month we did our first track. And from there, we've been to Atlanta together, Detroit together, and just uh, been grinding. And that first track was Honey, right? Is that correct? Or? Uh, the, what was the first track? Smoke Screens. Oh, okay. Smoke Screens, yes. I'm up before the sunrise, first to hit the block, little bad motherfucker, back a Uzi or a Glock. It is what it is, see this movie never stops. The violence is real and it's Uzi ain't a prop. Randy play the numbers every week in retrospect. I die for respect before I live for a check. They say justice blind is a gift for cataracts. Truth ain't a fact. Perception is a gift. Fear is imagined. Before we get into some of the music you guys have created together, um, I, I want to talk about a track uh, that Leave It Alone uh, with uh, Tone Chop, uh, Ruster Jux, and Nobi. It's a tribute to uh, Sean P. Sean Price, yes. Uh, his album is going to be released tomorrow. Yes. Um, what was it about... Everybody should go buy that too, by the way, support his family. What was it about Sean P that kind of like, that spoke to you, that like oh, made man. you guys want to create this track for him? Sean Price is just the purest example of, of, of a lyrical MC he says the most with the least words mm-hmm. like he doesn't need dense wordplay like he'll, he'll put four lines in a bar and you'll just know like you'll just feel it and like oh he said yeah yeah Sean was man Sean was everything and I always wanted to work with Sean he was you know he was one of my absolute favorites but you like you can't you know you couldn't approach Sean P on Twitter like you know, hey you want to hear some beats like that wasn't gonna go anywhere so I always felt like I would come down here you know I you know probably know a couple of people in Brooklyn someone would introduce me or whatever but I never did it and he passed on my birthday oh, oh man um, and I, you know he's only a couple of years yeah. or a year older than I am or whatever so I really you know I deeply regretted um, not reaching out and trying to make that happen I promised to never make that mistake so. Um, uh, that's why I reached out to Rusty Jux right away because you know he's his protege and super yeah. nice on the mic. Um, and um, you know when when we set out to do the veteran EP, we wanted to do you know that kind of tribute, but it couldn't be corny because we didn't know him. You know we didn't know him personally. We didn't want it to be like a come up, like we're trying to come up on his name or whatever. We wanted it to be a sincere appreciation. So you know I that, we played the track for Jux and you know I asked him if he think this is corny, like, we'll dead it. You know I, yeah. and he's like, nah, this is dope. I'm gonna jump right on it. He did. He smashed it. Um, Chop smashed it, and uh, Noby is, is Chop's boy. He's from he's from Queens, and you know he'd worked with Price before, so it made sense. And and he brought it home perfectly with the last couple lines about you know shouting out peace. So you know we did it we did it lyrically rather than um, you know sort of a sad kind of tone. It was more celebratory. I'm just trying to show you the difference between niggas who talking and niggas who walking and living. We stand tall and I pivot, and nobody whispers R.P. the rough, but he's in the studio. I can feel it. Turn the beat off. Put the speaker close to your ear, and you can hear him flowing the spirit, nigga. No one's comparing, but for now, pay some homage to the homie from Queens. Your views on life is black and white, like they ain't no in betweens. Well, allow me to introduce you to the gray area, the area where niggas like me could care less, bruh. We ain't hating on you, we barely pay you any mind. Don't forget I'm a terminator by design. If I see you getting jumped and them niggas need help, I pull the cables out the trunk and strangle niggas myself. Wow. Uh, I want to turn to you guys working together and uh but but so i want to get to you like do you remember it's kind of same question do you remember like the first album you heard that or even track that you're like all right i'm doing this or this is what i want to do all right the first rap track i heard was the rapping duke that's the first song i ever heard the album that made me know i wanted to rap was dana dang that was phenomenal his, his way of storytelling i was like captivated you know what I'm saying? So that's back in the day when we buying cassettes. So it was like, 
I'm Little, I hustled up 10 bucks to buy the CD because they were like $9.99 out of the store called Justin's in Detroit. And my mom's like, that's what you want to take your money and buy? That garbage? I'm like, yeah. And I got it and it just blew my mind. And I've been in love with hip hop ever since, man. On your uh, on your promo video, you talk about how um, you used you used to put your headphones on and like listen to S- Escape. Um, do you know what you like? Kind of what was your go to song to escape? And and also like what were you to, for listeners? What were you escaping? I you know me and Frost like we say we similar. We grew up poor. You know I grew up on a block called Montrose in Detroit. There was a lot of things going on. Like even in elementary school, like kids were selling like crack <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. it was like a real um impoverished this time around the city it was kind of depressing moms wasn't working we stayed with grandma and i'm the only boy living with like five girls you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. in a two-bedroom i had nowhere to go so the music was my only way to get out right so it's like i can put headphones on and just like zerp totally out but i used to listen to slick rick NWA. This is when I had to sneak to listen because I had no business listening to those lyrics where I get in trouble. Some parental advisory. Yeah, <laughs> so I had to like sneak and listen to it. But Big Daddy Kane was a favorite. Um, man, I used to just go like you make your own mixtapes. I didn't know that's what they were then, but yeah. you know you could set you put all your songs in the order you want to hear them, and I would just have tapes and just pop them and play, pop them and play, and your world would end when the tape broke. Like no. <laughs> I learned how to actually splice them together. They didn't know that's what I was doing, but I had to try to fix them with scotch tape <laughs> so they'd still play. But that was the escape, man, just to get my mind off of what I had to deal with because I was the kid who got bullied on the block. Man. Because the other kids were a little more fortunate than we we were, so it was like they would try to bully me, and they would be like, man, they always picking on me. So then she didn't want me to go outside because it was like 20 dudes on the block. Man. And the crazy part is most of those dudes that – I went through stuff with best friends to this day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it was just a hard time in, in development. It was just a young black man trying to find my way. And hip-hop guided me. Too Short taught me about women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was just I learned so much from hip-hop. It was crazy, man. So then when when you started doing it, what I guess at first, well, what purpose? And it's going to be kind of a similar question for you as well, Frost. But what purpose did it serve for you? What purpose? What, pur- what did you want to What did you want to get listeners to take away from you and kind of how has that developed to now well when i first i didn't even think about it that deep Mm. it was kind of just like the fad everybody want to rap at a certain point you know when it was fresh it was new because i'm from the hip-hop shop here in detroit so you got like uh royce five nine you got there was a crew called 31 Flavors, and a lot of them went on to become members of D12. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? It was just a uh, thing you had. I remember Bizarre used to be crazy. He didn't used to rap like that. He used to be bananas, bro. And I remember I first saw Bizarre get up there, and he was spitting, and he said, and ride away on a giraffe like the Kimbe Matumbo. And I said, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, So I grew up in an era where I didn't really think about the crowd it was more being respected and impressing other MCs right, right. so I didn't even look at it that way until I started actually developing more and saying when when Jay Dilla and Proof actually taught us you can make a living doing this so I said okay let me start to think about what I want to convey to people and what I want them to get back to me because it's an exchange of energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I relate to that very much. Um, we, I always felt self-conscious about, about being poor and felt uncomfortable and it felt judged. You know, like most of the most of the kids were, where we grew up were doing better. And uh, yeah, I felt judged and uncomfortable. 
the thing about the hip hop community is you weren't judged by your financial status. You were you were judged by your skills right. and judged by your character. And I, skills are something I could develop. I couldn't do nothing about my financial situation as a child, but I, I could do something about a backspin. I could do something about a rhyme. I could do something about beat digging. Um, so that's what it was. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't, and, and to this day, I don't care anything about about being rich or famous. That's not what this is about. But I do care about you know, earning the respect of, of the people that I've respected right. all these years. And it looks like, I mean, when you guys, when you look at both your kind of discography and who you've worked with, it seems that, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, obviously you, you care about, fan, you can care about the fans, but at the same time you're surrounding yourself with fellow artists that seem to care about what other artists think about them. Yeah. Not to be a dick, but like more so than like what a fan would think about them. Like, all right, like this is like lyrically, this guy's amazing or, you know, like, his technique is, um, you know, is incredible. Yeah, like we make the records we want to listen to. One of the nicest uh, compliments I was paid as a producer is one of the projects was reviewed last year, and they said, uh, this sounds like nothing on the radio. Like they don't even pay attention to the radio. And I was like, that is such a nice compliment because that, that's so true. We simply make the music we want to listen to, and we feel incredibly fortunate that anyone else wants right. to listen to it. And, and the fact that, that people are now, is, it's a privilege, and, and, and we love it. Frost, when you're as a producer, um, when you're working with artists such as Zo, Zo the Jerk, um, how do you how do you I guess stay true to kind of his mission, his goal of an album or or a track? Yeah. Um, what is that? Like, I mean, does he write a verse and you do the beat, or is you he's sending you beats, or vice versa? How's well, it, it's a great question because first of all, it comes to our chemistry and trust. Um, it, as a producer, like I take the producing part of it very seriously. I'm not beat making for him i'm trying to draw his soul out on a track i'm trying to get him to share all these personal details and you know for a lot of us for a lot of men that's that's not an easy thing to do so we have to have that trust and that chemistry and and um you know really understand what he's trying to say and what he's looking for and i know his heart well enough you know to to know that what he's talking about when when he says you know i'm writing a this particular this particular topic and this i want this particular sound so i'll send him track ideas and you know it's usually pretty quick he's this is the one he goes in fast when his pen moves um i you know i gotta get my my butt in motion uh like we you know we knocked out five tracks here last night he's uh, he's a beast so um it, it's been pretty easy so far i came up with this question when i was driving over here but uh i was listening to risk versus rewards and and, and you say uh which is off black beach and you spit, and I apologize if I mess up the fifth why I don't rhyme. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, pretty much just as you, when your granny passed, you had these mis- mixed emotions, and you, yeah. you like maybe you know you should have dealt with it a little better. Um, for you, what is is that? What kind of rhyming is for you? Kind of a therapy, kind of a um, you know it helps you make sense of what hap- what's happening personally or even within the world. So I'm like a. I'm probably a producer's nightmare, so to speak, because <laughs> you never know what I'm gonna say. Like I, I never have a, I don't, I may, I may premeditate a topic, but I never know. Like my flow scheme will change with whatever the beat's doing or whatever feeling it gives me. But I found strength in being vulnerable. You know, I, I through being, you know, the way I grew up with some of the things I do. It's like if I can say it. It holds no power over me no more. You know what I'm saying? So it is like a therapy, but there's so many other people who feel like that. You know what I'm saying? So that was like a my grandmother died of lung cancer, and I had to take care of her. And I took care of her one weekend. I took a break, and I went to Michigan State 
to go play in a basketball game came back and she died and i said wow i sat there all these months taking care of you and i left and this happened so for me the trauma that knowing that i missed that last day it still stick with me to this day so you'll hear me mention my grandmothers a lot you know what i'm saying because i learned a lot from them but the therapy of that and and being able to relate to other people that go through similar circumstances and let me be a voice for that for me that's 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 what it's about a few people that asked me about that bar like dude i'm like because it'll make you think about your grandmother like yeah that's you know what i'm saying that's deep and that's what hip-hop is about that's when you start to connect people and that's when the movement starts to actually move you know what i'm saying but that's what we're, that's my job i gotta be able to make you visualize your life and see my life and then we get a mutual respect for each other because it exceeds race boundaries and everything Everybody got a grandma Everybody got a mom and dad Whether you had a relationship With them or not That may be a sore point where I didn't even have No my grandmother He felt like that You know what I'm saying Like it, it'll put you there man That's also like I mean that's a lot to Especially in rap It's a lot to convey To, to, to throw out on the, Put out on the table Right Like you're You're showing You're showing Vulnerability And you're showing Emotion And you know, in hip hop, a lot of people are like, ah, you're not supposed to that she's, you know, strength, man. And, and so, I mean, that, when I was listening to in the car ride here, that lyric, I almost crashed, but I, you know, I had to pause it and rewind. I was like, all right, let me just make double check and get these lyrics correct. When you hear that, when you hear those lyrics, uh, do you, as the producer, I mean, how do you, how do you, what are you doing? Are you like creating another, are you editing your beat or creating yeah. a beat to kind of help with those emotions? Or? It happens all the time. I will I'll create something. I'll send it to him, and he's right. I never really know what he's going to do. His, he, he, it's different flows all the time. Like he, he's, he's super meticulous about that, and it, it surprises me. So very common, he'll send something back, and I'll go, fuck, the beat's not good enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'll kill it. He'll just absolutely murder it. And then I'll go back and let up, and I put, put some more spice on this, tweak it up, you know, make it up to par with what he just did. He keeps me on my toes that way, and uh, I, think our, I think our music is much better as a result. Uh, when you guys did the track Honey, uh, it was chosen by 22 Entertainment uh, for their uh, God Bless Dope Rappers collaboration. Um, what did you guys, Zoar, Frost, you know, what did you hope would come from this? This, uh, I, I just want to give credit to, to 22 Entertainment here and Tony Butcher. That I. I targeted him. There was a service called Music X-Ray, um, where you could you could send your your tracks out to industry professionals. And I I did my research on the folks that were on there. And this was a guy who had worked with you know Royce of Five Nine and Joe Button and a lot of people that I respected in the days. So I felt like he would understand what we were doing more so than maybe some of the young A and Rs that were signed you know signed looking for the new acts, the new sounds that I wasn't going to bring. So so we we targeted him. And uh, that track was, uh, you know, an important start. I had, I had, he'd actually selected one track for me before called uh, True Born King uh, with uh, Tone Chop and Charlie Feta off of my 2014 release. And then uh, this, this Honey release, you know, he took that on as well. So that's what really started the relationship and set a lot of things in motion. So I'm actually uh, friends with Luther Ingram Jr., Luther Ingram's son, the guy whose song, uh, If I Love You Was Wrong, I Don't Want to Do Right. And... 
they're putting together a, a autobiography of his life a movie and he came to me and wanted me to submit a song for the movie soundtrack oh, wow. so that led to us doing a whole project called muscle shows which is actually this movie soundtrack oh, once wow. they get everything done and it was phenomenal so we started moving around with honey and see that's one of the things i say about me being an artist like you listen to risk worth reward on this end of the spectrum and then you got honey it's the whole other spectrum you know what i'm saying yeah but the key for me like with that song was just to be able to talk about a woman be masculine but still be empathetic to the femininity of a woman mm -hmm. and then i got luther ingram giving me this crazy groove and giving me these vocals on here and i gotta try to get in the same headspace he was in that project that project is amazing i can't wait to that get to daylight that's you talk about some vulnerability that's crazy man but i was uh i was just grateful to 22 entertainment for even picking that song up because i didn't think that was gonna happen at all <laughs> <laughs> when you guys do like a project like a, a black beach um is that some i mean you, you talked about how like, you guys know each other so well but are you do you still try to constantly work in studio together or actually versus like just emailing stuff back and forth or i mean obviously you're in different parts of the world so it's hard to do but what do you find works the best in terms of collaboration and especially for something like black beach was that mostly in studio together or emailing back and forth type stuff well we had a session in detroit um and we worked on loyal victims but most of it was done by email. We actually changed most of the album, what, in the last three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, like 70%. I just didn't like none of it no more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, completely did and tracks? I, I, yeah, yeah, like, started oh, wow. completely not, over. Not, not, and I know I probably gave Frost a heart attack, like, what? I'm like, <laughs> dude, it's just not, I don't like it, you know what I mean? But, like you say, my PM moved pretty quick. And I didn't want to be stuck with a label okay you're a conscious rapper and i'm just an mc like period i'm a i'm a pure artist so you never know what you might get from me but i was like i want to do a snapshot of what it's like to be black in america today you know what i'm saying so that was the whole theme of black beach like i, I really want to convey what's going on right now because i'm an activist you know i do a lot of community work and i was seeing and getting flooded with so much energy like i had to get that out you know what i'm saying so it wasn't like this is going to be the overtone of everything But that connotation and message Because you know what I'm saying I'm a man at the end of the day All these different sides will be in there That's the paradox and the contradiction of being a man You know what I'm saying But that snapshot was just important Kind of like a Marvin Gaye's What's going on Yeah. This is what's happening You know what I mean And some people said um, You know it may come off angry Like some of it is angry Why would not be Like what we really living through If I didn't give you the true emotion and passion It wouldn't be a sincere project right. You know I didn't try to censor the emotion of it like that's what I do You know what I'm saying I, I'm angry on some of these You know what I'm saying So it, it had to come out that way And the beautiful part about working with Frost Is he never censored me He like Say it Yeah right. Just rock out with it dude Whatever you feeling I got you And I'm That's that's beautiful Especially Me you knowing he's a white guy I'm a black guy And I know sometimes I might say some total Crazy shit And he's like Oh god He's really taking it there <laughs> But he rock with me You know what I'm saying right. And that's the beauty of it That's the whole point Is Black Beach Got a white producer Black guy With all of this Craziness Being driven in the country Look at the harmony right. That we can call each other twin It don't matter You know what I'm saying right. It's beautiful So is there a track I mean From an MC side And a producer side Is there a track on Black Beach That like For you Best represents Kind of The, the goal Or the mission Of the project 
and as a producer, it's the same question. Is there, it, could, it could be totally two different tracks, right? All right, I've never been asked. That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, I think, for me, the record that sums up the theme of Black Beach amazingly would be Etch a Sketch. Ripping a four five and I'm thinking like a Martian. Murder the option, I lock in. I just cock game and pop it. I must put fear in. Like Chris Columbus killing Indians. Most of God fear me. And then again, if it wasn't for sin, we wouldn't have a country to be living it's, in. Because it's different. What I'm saying is, Every piece is a moment. You know, it was like none of, because we did, like I said, in the last three weeks, changed this whole album 70%. So it was like nothing was premeditated. It was all. I might have saw something on the news, had a phone call, went over to help this person. This is stuff I was actually seeing, witnessing, going through, hearing stories about, and it was coming, coming, and I wouldn't stop at it. So Etch a Sketch, those are all just sketches of this is what I'm seeing, like looking out the window. That's the whole Black Beach thing. Oh, yeah. So that's I, I would have to go with Etch a Sketch. Was that written, I mean, for you, was that written down on like one writing session, or was, I mean, it was like this over? The song Etch a Sketch? Yeah. I freestyled that. God, you people with talent. <laughs> I was just playing with it because he sent me the beat. I think I sent you that back that same morning. He sent me the beat, and I just so that's a complete freestyle. Yeah. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. I can't even freestyle all the time. Some it it, it just was one of those things. I'm just playing with my edge sketch, and it just came, and I just went with it. Wow. Then I had to try to. What did I just say? <laughs> that's crazy, man. That was yeah. I think it is edge sketch. That's yeah. That's a true story. That's a great question. Black Beach become quite dangerous. You can say I got the bag in at the dirty motel. I bag in. Trying to reverse what Craig did. No, but he did it really like it's like freestyle undercuts it because it's like he's thinking so quickly. You know what I'm saying? He's like three or four bars ahead. So yeah, it was that was a fun process, man. So for you, what would the uh, I guess the track be for you? That Keep me safe. Keep me safe. Keep me safe. Um, that that record will be so close to my heart uh, for the rest of my days. Um, the idea started with um, you know I was I was just thinking about my life and my privileges and I you know I, I was thinking about what kids go through and um, you know my son's half brown half white so I was thinking about how he'll be safer. Right, he'll be safer, and I felt both a sense of relief and a sense of disgust yeah. in realizing that. And that's you know, so we continue. We had conversations, and ultimately, you know, my son's on the track, his sons are on the track, and you know, we're really like he's talking about. We're coming together to really, you know, we're, we're talking about the kids. We're talking about the next generation, and that's what the culture is about. It's you know, elevating, elevating the community and, and putting people in better situations. So. It, it's just to me and, and my, my homie S1 shout out to S1 did some amazing work with the keys and horns on there and to me it's just a it's a really epic song it really really captures what, what I had hoped to do with, you know on, on that project I ain't got a problem with it the God's risen you different and it's beautiful and your spirit inspires me the most Whether talking to God, playing football or telling jokes and this, Has this album, have you guys performed this album in front of an actual audience Or has that come together? I performed some songs like in Detroit and I did a set in Ohio 
But life been moving us around so quick You know, Fawcett, we did that project on to the next one And then with him being in Winnipeg And me being in the States moving around It's just be totally different But the reception, the reviews And the love I've been getting from it Has been um, liberating at best It taught me to never censor my right. pure thoughts You know what I mean And performing it in Detroit Where you go into <laughs> an environment Where you got everybody raps But it's all trap right, at this right, point right. and everybody talking about selling drugs and you come in there and you do a, a song about keep me safe you do a etch a sketch or you do one of these pieces and it's totally left field but to see everybody stop and they pay attention to it and then you get so much love like that was a good job dude like yeah you made me feel like this man that's real you know i be, I need to start getting on that i need to start doing this and then i know i did my job nice, yeah. you know what i'm saying so, but it's the reception's been great but we're looking to try to pick up with the shows more so now that's we moving around getting the press moving we'll, we'll pick it up i see a quick uh going back to you earlier you guys talked about you grew up in you obviously grew up there with cassette tapes which you know we all have, yeah uh, my grandma used to buy me mixtapes but uh, illegal ones, but that's cool. But uh, <laughs> I digress. Anyway, but but you, but something you just mentioned, you talked about. You know, we we did this, and now we're kind of we're on to another we're on to another project. Um, so you also both grew up in an era where, you, like, you weren't expected to have a new project like done a week later, right? Like, you could actually do an album and at least let it settle for a year. But now you're a part of this culture where you kind of are expected to. You do get the questions, and I'm going to ask you the questions. What what's next? How do you feel about like this in general? How do you feel about that worth ethic? Do you feel like you do you want to be like kind of like a slave to that, or would you rather take your time and do take a year to do a project versus like shit? I got to get a project out. Someone's asked me what's next. I got to get a new song out within the week or within two weeks. Well, with me. I don't rush my process. It just happens to move like that. Mm. Like that's something I, I don't. I can't control it. Like you say, once if I'm when I catch it, I'm on fire. All right, and I just let it go. So I don't feel pressure. Like okay, we gotta have the next thing done. But I, I do see the relevance with the way music is being sold now. You had to keep something new and fresh coming out. Right. So it might be a, a single or trickling out music from the project. You know what I'm saying? More so than I'm going to jump back into another heavy project like Black Beach. Like the next project will sound nothing like Black Beach. It'll be my alter ego, Jerk Face, mm. which is totally different from uh, Black Beach. It's going to be the fun side of hip hop. You Go know ahead. what I'm saying? Where I'm just going to be spitting bars and crazy concepts and being zany with it. But it's like I don't, I don't feel rushed to do it. Because I feel like I'm going to put out pieces that's going to hold weight. It's going to be timeless. Like, I think you'll be able to go back to Black Beach in 10 years and say, that shit's still dope. Right, right. You know what I mean? And that's what it's about for me, being able to put a piece that I feel like a stand the test of time. So I just sprinkle some, you know, a couple of singles here and there. We might even do an EP. You know what I'm saying? Like, what we're doing here has been so crazy. We might put it out as an EP, just an in-between. But for me, that was like, what, five hours work. Right, you know right. what I mean but it's just I've been blessed that my brain is probably the ADD <laughs> I'm in so many different directions yeah, 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 that yeah. it just floods me and I can kind of remember a lot and put it out so I don't I don't succumb to the pressure but I realize the marketing value of it at the right. same time so I try to just find the balance and for you Frost 
Yeah, I feel I feel similar. Um, it's it's the economics of the business that that, that necessitates it, right? Um, and, and for us, it's almost like stacking dominoes because um, you know we're thankful for all the people that have checked out the project. But you know, Earth is pretty big, so there's a whole lot of people right. who haven't heard it yet. So we're stacking dominoes. So each each project is doing a little better, and and you know, eventually, I think we're going to have something that. that that pops hopefully right. and it'll knock over all the dominoes and like he's talking about more and more people discover the music that, that we've got out there um and i like the grind right now i mean i love what i do I'm, i mean i'm chopping samples every single day anyway so right. I, you know i got we got a team nostalgia click tone shop is the jerk and white rhino and and so i got a team of writers around me and you know we'll, we're just going to keep working um i mean i, I mean you know it probably won't I mean, 15 years from now, I, I sure hope I'm not, you know, having to go at that same schedule. Right. But, but you know, right now it feels real good. So what's next for both of you? I mean, you kind of mentioned it with your new project, Zoe, but we talk a little bit more about that. Um, so the new project, I'm going to call it Bonzi. Now, that's my childhood nickname that only my family calls me. So... With me entitling the project Bonzi, that's a that's a way for me to let people know that I consider us all family. Mm. So they know me the best. So now I'm going to tell stories because that's like my thing is I can make you see things. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to tell stories that's that's super personal. Like you'll get the bullying stories. Like I told Frost I want to do a song called My Book Bag. You know, and it's, it's a story about when I was getting bullied in school. Not to take the surprise away from the song, but it's crazy. But I was getting bullied in school, and I took uh, a weapon to school to combat the bully. And it'll take you to that exact moment where it was happening and what's going on all around me. What I was feeling, the anxieties, the, every punch, everything is captured in it. And when I was telling Frost about it, he was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. And I was like, okay, when I drop it, you're going to go crazy. So then it was like, what, about a month later, and I sent it to him. And he like, dude. <laughs> like that's bananas you know what I'm saying but it's like when I was seeing it I, I could recall names play, like I can really wow. even smell the air and it just like came to me and I put it out but this whole project is going to have some heavy songs like that and it's going to be a lot of me just having a blast as an MC. I'm a wild out on it nice, for sure nice. and Frost what do you uh, what do you got going for you man uh, yeah so much so much going on um, respect is there not given the new tone shop project dropped Drops next month, uh, September 29th. Uh, it's got the legendary Cool G rap, uh, Tragedy Gaddafi, DNA, Planet Asia, and uh, Chop killing it on every track. I hope people go out and check that. Um, Bonzi is uh, under construction. Uh, we might throw a little something out in the meanwhile uh, <laughs> that we've been knocking out here. I got uh, uh, That Street with Tragedy Gaddafi is out right now and available. Uh, I'm working on a project with Horseshoe Gang, working on a project with uh, Royce of 5'9". Uh, a lot of a lot of things coming down the pipeline, so I hope people stay tuned. And how do listeners follow what you guys are doing and you know keep up with that? Thank you, Frost Gamble on Twitter, uh, Frost Gamble on Instagram, Frost Gamble on Facebook. Um, and and for people to hear this, man, please feel free to hit me up. But I, I love to talk about hip hop, love to talk about the culture. So um, if you checked out the music and feeling it, please reach out. Cool. And so, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Jerk Nation. On Instagram at Zoe the Jerk and the Jerk Nation, <laughs> and on Facebook you can find me at the Jerk Nation. Check us out though, man. Like Frost said, I love to talk about hip hop, and I would just love to know what resonate with you. Let me know what I could do better, and let me know topics that you even want to hear me talk about. I love to do it, and it's um, 
let's keep building the culture, man. Cool. Zoe the Jerk and Frost Gable, thank you so much for joining me in the library with Tim Meineke. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. This is our privilege. We, we're so thankful that anybody wants to hear us talk about this stuff. <laughs> thank you. Oh, shit, I got to press the recording with it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Black Beach. Shake your hands off the cookies, y'all, too. You say you getting money, me too, let's feel. Cause I ain't eating with you, I don't care how you feel. And that's on the real. Story of my life, I ain't never had nothing. What you think I'm a right? See, I don't know what's right. All I know is when. 100 miles an hour, like speed to the end. Sound accounting money, music to my ears. Living life broke is the only thing I fear. America so made talk me. me to death. I don't wanna hear it, I worked y'all slept Best in the appearance of the pain, mama wept I was young, disappearing in the streets with a tech Silly rabbit chasing carrots, emotion for the weak No lights, no heat, inherited by the meek The strong root of street, fresh meat, let's eat Either you or me, eyes open, never sleep You a shepherd or a sheep, You say you getting money, me too, let's build If I ain't eating with you, I don't care how you feel And that's on the real Story of my life, I ain't never had nothing What you think, I'm a right See, I don't know what's right All I know is when Hundred miles an hour, light speed to the end Sound accounting money, music to my ears Living life broke is the only thing I fear America, man I don't give a fuck about none of that shit you talking about I remember slanging out the back door my mama house If the nigga talking loud I'm quick to punch him in his mouth For another cup And pass the backwood Of that loud around Another black kid Raised by old dog Menace to society Attitude go dog Yeah America enslaved me Treated us like shit Did nothing but enraged me We ain't got shit Is you crazy? What you expect From a renaissance baby? Watching Jay die Did change me I'ma be this way To the day a nigga bang me or Trump send troops to contain me Better send the army or better get the Navy This is the way that they made me I'ma give them hell till I'm dead or in the cage, You get money, me too, let's build If I ain't eating with you, I don't care how you feel And that's on the real Story of my life, I ain't never had nothing What you think, I'ma write See, I don't know what's right All I know is when 100 miles an hour, light speed to the end Sound accounting money, music to my ears Living life broke is the only thing I fear America made me Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.